0: Okay, so we're going to look at our next sign. Who remembers what the sign was last week? Who was here last week? Daniel. What was the sign that Josh spoke about last week? It was the blind man. Well done. Fantastic. Great. Brilliant. Okay. Well, today we're looking at walking on water. So, and uh, I'd like, if possible, in a moment, for a couple of the children who are good at reading. Now, when we do kids work, we always have the kids read. So that's really good. So, oh, I've got two volunteers. So Ted and uh, Lucy, do you want to come forward? Well done. Right. So if you have that one, Ted, and you're right with that one, Lucy. Yeah. Right. I'll just give me like, Thirty seconds, and then I'll point to you your, your first, and then okay, right. So when I was a kid, the story about walking on water was obviously something that we had at kids' work, and I thought it was really, really amazing. Who thinks walking on water is amazing? Yeah, it's like completely like audacious that Jesus did this, and we're going to look at how he did it, um, and it's just completely cool as well you know it's like walking on water you caught a rowing boat up in a storm um so this is the story that we're going to look at and then just going to spend a bit of time looking at that we do have some walking on water coloring in so if you want to get some coloring in that's here as well for the younger kids or the older kids or the adults no anybody can have access to it and we've also got a jesus walking on water word search as well So again, for younger kids, older kids, come and grab that whilst I'm speaking, if that helps you to listen. So the story of walking on water is in John 6, verse 16 to 24. So the words will appear on the screen, but Ted, over to you.
1: When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. But now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened, but he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and and that Jesus had no not attended it what was with his disciples, but they they that they had gone away alone. then some boats from Tiberius, Tiberius landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the lord had given them thanks once once the crowd realized that neither jesus nor his disciples were there there they got into the boats and to went to Capernaum in search of jesus
0: Great. round of applause for our readers well done very good reading so this is the story of Jesus walking on the water and as I said when I was a kid this was the story that I really enjoyed hearing about Um, so who's ever been in a boat hands up most of you have been in a boat who's ever been in a rowing boat most people been in a rowing boat okay (coughs) excuse me (coughs) So I've been boat a few times, a few sort of stories to tell about that. I once went on a big boat when I was a student to Ireland on the Irish Sea, crossed from Holyhead to Dublin in the winter. It was really, really stormy. Didn't think I was going to survive. Obviously I did, thankfully. Um, but yeah, that, I remember that crossing the first time that I oh thanks love first time that I went on holiday with Rachel as well, my wife, Rachel. We went with her parents to France and we went from Plymouth to Roscoff, which is quite a big crossing. Anyway, on the way back, again, it was pretty, pretty ropey, pretty stormy. And me and Rachel's mum just didn't eat a thing. We were not very well. Whereas Rachel and her dad were like <laughs> eating fish and chips and all sorts of things. But another sort of story more recently, we went on a boat to Coldy Island. Have you ever been to Colde Island 10B? So we got on this boat. Tenby Dock, and uh, didn't look that far to get to the island, if I'm honest, but then it was a bit windy, and then the boat came, and it was quite a small boat, and we got onto this boat, and the kids were there, and I was like, this is going to take a while, and it did, because we were like going against the wind, we were going up and down the waves, and we eventually got there, and on the way back, it was a lot better. And then the final story, which is a bit more romantic, of a rowing boat, is me and Rachel got engaged on a rowing boat, in Keswick in uh, June, 2000. And we were on this rowing boat and I proposed to Rachel, she said yes, which was good. Um, But then because we wanted to have a little hug because we just got engaged, the boat started to rock a bit and then a big boat came past, you know, Lakeland steamer and we nearly capsized, but thankfully we didn't. So I've had a few experiences on a boat and the disciples here had their own experience on a boat, Jesus had just performed a miracle, fiend the five thousand in earlier part of John. I think we're going to look at that another time. Uh, and after Jesus had fed the five thousand, he went up a mountain to pray. But the disciples got on the boat, as you can see here, and and they set off to the other side. And they'd rowed about three or four miles. Now, and if you're in a rowing boat, three or four miles—that's that, that's quite a good, quite a good distance, isn't it? You don't—it's not like a speedboat or a ferry. You don't get three or four miles very quickly. So they've obviously been going for quite a long time. And by the time it got dark, after Jesus had prayed and had a bit of time on his own after feeding the 5,000, Jesus set off as well. But obviously the boat had gone. There was no other boat. So what did Jesus do? He walked on the water um, to get to them. Which, you know, think about it. It's just amazing, really. Um, But I think the disciples in... This, is, this story is in three the Gospels. It's in uh, Matthew uh, and Mark and the one that we're looking at in John. And in the other two versions, they th- didn't realize it was Jesus. They thought it was, they thought it was a ghost. They didn't realize it was Jesus. Um, but as the weather was getting really rough, I think they were a bit scared about capsizing. As Jesus came towards them, they realized it was him because he said, It is I. Don't be afraid. Um, and they let Jesus into their boat. So if we go on to the final slide, Matthew, if that's okay. So, the three things that I want to draw out from this story is we need to make sure we let Jesus into our boat. So, the disciples were in a bit of a mess. The storm had come. They were rowing, but not getting anywhere. They weren't going to get to the other side. And they needed to let Jesus into their boat. And they didn't at first want to do that because they thought, who's this guy walking on the water? They're a bit scared. Jesus understands that we're in a storm, he understands our fears. So he says to him, it is, I, don't be afraid, don't worry, I'm here to help. So he understands our fears. And if we do let Jesus into our boat, in this story, we see that we will get to the other side. And we'll come on to seeing how it wasn't important that Jesus just got to the other side. He wanted to make sure that disciples got to the other side, and actually that they got there together. So the first point, let Jesus into our boat, sounds kind of obvious, doesn't it? You've got the king of the universe, God, Walking on water, defying gravity, defying weather, you know, and you think, of course you'd want to let him into your boat, but kind of be a bit, you'd be a bit, who is this guy? Who is, you know, this is quite early on in the disciples' experience of who Jesus was. Just saw him feed the 5,000. They were probably all talking about it, but they let him into his boat, let them into their boat, and it made sure that they got to the side. Um, They were able to get across the rough lake, quite a big sea. Um, and they were able to do it, which, you know, is amazing, really. Um, And I was just thinking about, if, in the situations of our lives, you know, metaphorically, think about the boat of our lives, situations, do we let Jesus in, or do we kind of struggle on our own? And I think we can all think of situations where we probably do need to do that um, to make sure that we do get to where we need to get to. Obviously, these stories uh, in the New Testament have references back to the Old Testament, which we sung about in the worship, actually, um, how the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. So God has history about helping his people get across bits of sea, splitting the sea, splitting the waves, Israelites crossing the Red Sea. in in Psalm 77 and Isaiah 43 and in Job 9, it talks a lot about how God performs miracles to help his people get across that. So Jesus wasn't kind of acting out of something that God had not done in the past. Um, As he walked on the water, he managed to save the disciples, which was amazing. Okay, so the second thing is that Jesus understands our fears. I think a key phrase in this story, he says to disciples in John 6, verse 20, it is I, don't be afraid. And I think that was really key for the disciples to see that it was Jesus. Don't be afraid. I'm going to help you get to the other side, and after that, they let him into the boat, um, but he, you know, he, Jesus understands the disciples' fears, and he understands our fears today, things that we're afraid of, things that we're not sure about, Jesus understands that, and he wants to help us, he wants to be with us, he wants to help us get through those, and not that he takes away all the fear, but he helps us to deal with that, and respond to that, and get help with that, Um, And sometimes it's actually being able to respond to things that we're afraid of. um, And that could be lots of different things in our lives. And I know from from the youngest to the oldest in the room, we'll all have things that sometimes make us afraid. Um, But it's great that Jesus says to us, it is I, don't be afraid. He understands that and he sees that and he wants to help us with that. And then the final thing I want to talk about from this passage is that when we do let Jesus get into the boat in our situations, when we allow him to speak to our fears, the disciples reached the destination. They reached the other side of the lake. And I was thinking, I was looking at this story this week, Jesus could have easily just set off on the lake, walked across the water, got to the other side, fantastic, carried on doing his miracles, and, you know, the, the gospels were developed. But it was really important for him that the disciples also got there safely. In the story of the fiend of the 5,000, which just precedes this, Jesus you know, met the little boy with um, the, the loaves and the fishes, multiplied that, and all the 5,000 people were fed. But he didn't do that on his own. He could have called down angels, but he got all the disciples to hand the food out. So the disciples were really involved in that miracle in the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus facilitated it. He was God. He was the supernatural instigator. But the disciples kind of delivered that miracle. And here again, in this miracle of walking on water, it wasn't just enough that Jesus walked on the water. He wanted to make sure that the disciples got to the side and they got there together. And the disciples here are a really a picture for me of the church. You know, they were the early church, the early disciples who were following Jesus. Uh, that's what disciple means, to follow Jesus. Um, and he wanted to make sure that not only did he reach the destination safely, that they got there safely too. And that they got there together. And I think that's really important for Jesus then, now, and in the future. That his church gets to his destination with him. That we get there safely. And that we fulfill the kingdom plan all together. It's not just that God and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit want to see their plan outworked throughout all eternity. They want to do that with his people, with the church. Um, and I think that's fantastic. That he cares about us, his community. He cares about the disciples, about making it jo- not just on their own, but with him. And, and this is a picture, I think, of what God wants for his church, that we reach all that together. So I think for me, Jesus walking on the water, let Jesus into our boat. He understands our fears and that we will get to the other side with Jesus In the other two stories, uh, in Matthew and Mark, does anybody know which disciple also walked on water? Matthew. Peter. Fantastic. So, yeah, in the other two versions of this story, um, Peter also walks on water. Um, That's not covered in John's gospel, but it is covered in the other one, so I think it's worth making a reference to that. That Peter, you know, he walks on the water, which is, again, incredible that Peter... You know, follows in the footsteps of Jesus. He does get a bit worried, bit has a wobble, starts to sink. But Jesus rescues him again, helps him back into the boat, and Peter reaches the other side. Um, so I think that's a really good illustration.
1: <coughs>
0: <Excuse me. coughs> that Jesus wants us to step out, follow in his footsteps, and we can do the same things that he did in our lives, which in in Peter's instance, it was actually that he walked on water, which was fantastic. So I'm just going to pray and uh, allow God just to speak to us about this story and what we've learned today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this sign in the Gospels of you walking on the water and what we can learn about how you can get involved in our lives, how you speak to our fears and how you want us to get. To our destination with you together, and in the life of Peter, we see that we can follow in your footsteps and outwork your kingdom plan and purposes in our lives as well. Lord, Jesus, I pray for everyone here, for every child, every adult. Um, Lord, all of us here together as a community, um, that we will just know the power of what it is to follow you, and to allow you to get into our situations. That we don't want to make it on our own, but that together we can outwork your kingdom plan and purpose. Thank you, Jesus, for your plan for our lives. Thank you for what we see in the Gospels. Thank you, Lord, that all these stories are signs of what you want to do in our lives today, not just in the Bible over 2,000 years ago. But these plans and purposes are still for today uh, to help your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen.